0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Panthers Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams, joined as usual by my mother's three most favorite people. Me, myself, and I, most favorite. I think that works, most favorite. Yeah, it does. It's been a long week, as usual. We're going to dive into the Panthers Saints week three matchup as we've been doing each week, giving you guys a game preview. I'm going to set it up with a simple question. What is at stake? We're going to start with, addressing the obvious, what is at stake for the Carolina Panthers team as a whole going into this matchup with the Saints, and we'll get more nuance. We're going to talk about the offense, Baker Mayfield, the O-line, number three wide receivers, uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, LaVisca on defensively, what's at stake? Uh, can this team turn the ball over? Uh, it's pass defense, the secondary, defending Taysom Hill, the injury report, and how the Saints, I think, are gonna come into Bank of America Stadium, and maybe a slight prediction at the end of all this. So let's get right into it. What is at stake for the Carolina Panthers ahead of their week three matchup with NFC South division rival, the New Orleans Saints? Is it premature to say everything? I mean, simply put, and I wrote this in the preview, which I hope most of y'all consumed a week ago, or the look ahead on what we learned from the week to loss um oh and three just sounds feels and literally is a lot different than one and two for context let me lay it out like this to you right now state of the nfl oh and two teams of note the las vegas raiders who are right, maybe you guys don't think the raiders are good but i can tell you raiders fans thought they were going to be good um, new off- offensive coordinator new head coach obviously Uh, You know, pay a zillion dollars and draft picks to acquire Devonta Adams. That's not a team that expects to not compete for their division, they're 0-2. I don't know if you've heard of the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, everyone's favorite fantasy duo. They only were in the Super Bowl a year ago. They're 0-2, remapped their entire offensive line. Joe Burrow is still getting hit like it was 2020. He wasn't in the NFL in 2020, 2021, that's funny. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, 0-2. The Tennessee Titans were only the number one seed in the NFC a year ago. They're 0-2. Uh, let's talk about one and one teams. How about the entire NFC North? Someone's going to win that division, right? Someone's going to go to the playoffs in that division, right? Green Bay, the Vikings, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, the Lions, who everyone seemed to like because of hard knocks. They're and one I don't remember the fourth team in that division. As <laughs> a joke. Um, the AFC North leading Jacksonville Jaguars are one and one. Lamar Jackson, the future $500 million guaranteed man, is one and one. The Golden Child and his broken ribs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, are one and one. Mr. Limited himself and the Denver Broncos are one and one. Cooper Rush and the Cowboys are one and one. The NFC West, Sean McVay and the Rams, the 49ers, the Arizona Cardinals, which that week four game, I believe, Arizona versus Carolina in Charlotte. I said it before the year that game was going to have huge stakes. It's only more obvious now that game is going to mean a lot for the wildcard picture. They're one and one And then you're Favorite and lovable New Orleans Saints are one and one as well. The point of it is relax, everybody. This is the NFL. No one gives a rip about the season. <laughs> Let me correct that. No one inside these buildings, as I'm pointing at a makeshift 800 Mint Street, Bank of America Stadium. No one inside that building really cares that they're 0-2. Of course, they wish they were 2-0. and Of course, they care more than anyone listening to this that they're 0-2. They, they're paid to win. People lose their jobs if they don't win. Families have to relocate if they don't win. I, I don't mean to raise my voice, but I really hope fans understand that the stakes are at the utmost high for people inside these, these NFL buildings. Little kids go to different schools if people are fired inside that building. Now, before you say I'm on the Panthers payroll, I just have an understanding of the humanity of all of this whether it's high school, college, or pro football. No one cares more than the people on the sidelines and in the press boxes, excuse me, in the executive offices. (laughs) Also inside the press box, we don't care. We have a job to do, win, lose, or draw. Those executive suites, those guys care. The players care. They go out there every week knowing they may blow out a knee, tear an Achilles, get a concussion, and then have to walk around town with their head down if they lose. They care. So when I say no one cares that they're 0-2, it's because it's really not a huge deal. 0-3 is a big deal, but the first month of the season is a feel-out process. This is an extended preseason. I've said this before on this podcast. It is vital that NFL teams view the schedule as four mini races the Panthers are 0-2 through the first quarter of the season they need to go 2-2 two and two in each quarter to essentially in theory because you know it's not an even schedule anymore in theory get to that 500 record that I think will be enough for them to sniff out the playoffs through three quarters they need to go 2-2 two and two each quarter to be where they want to be in mid-December to start competing right so it's time they got to win you know, so it's, I think it is humorous that I say it's not a big deal. And then at the same time, I say this game means everything. But that, that really is the reality of this league, right? Every week, we learn more. Every week, it's new information. Every week is a new season. I, you know, Christian McCaffrey is cliche as a kid, but he's right about that. This, this game's huge. This game is colossal. And the, the Panthers need to win for this not to start going downhill faster than it already feels like to most of you, right? So that's what's at stake for the team. Let's get more nuanced here. Let's get more specific. What's at stake for the offense? Well, Baker Mayfield to Christian McCaffrey. That's at stake. Christian McCaffrey will never tell you that he's frustrated. He'll never show that he's irritated, but shout out Panthers Twitter for this stat somewhere. I wish I had your account. I'll do better at you know, adding people when I find data and information I like on there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hasn't been held under 35 yards receiving consecutive games since 2017. He had 26 yards receiving this week, week two, and then 24 in week one. A lot of that is because Baker Mayfield just isn't checking the ball down to Christian McCaffrey. He's there. And because we have the time, I'll, get, I'll break this down for you guys. Um, a lot of it is just footwork related with Baker. And that's not a knock on Baker, what he was doing this summer, meaning like, oh, Baker, why weren't you working on your footwork this summer? Well, it's tough to work on your footwork that is tied to a playbook that you don't have yet for a team you don't know that you're playing for yet, right? So Baker gets to Carolina in mid-July, and now it's been a month and a half, and he is trying to make a timing that he had just learned second nature to him, which is very hard to do. Keep in mind, the Panthers, this offseason, two... Matt Rule's fault, but obviously hopefully for his gain going forward, added three new people in the three most important spots to an offense. Offensive coordinator slash play caller, quarterback, and offensive line coach. Baker Mayfield, Ben McAdoo, James Kempen. All new, all coach or play the three most important positions to an offense. This is going to take time, y'all. This is going to take time and the Panthers still made history as the first team in the NFL to allow go ahead fourth quarter or overtime field goals of 55 yards or more, which obviously resulted in two losses. So when Matt Rule says they're close, a, this is kind of what I'm saying. They, they, they are, but they haven't won. So it don't really matter, right? You are what your record is, says Bill Barso. Woo! So Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey needs to work this week. Christian needs eight catches. He needs seven catches. He needs 50 yards, at least, receiving to just have the threat be there and give him the ball. It's just, he's just the best, right? So just give him the ball. Pretty simple. What's at stake for the number three wide receiver on the Panthers? We're about to find out, right? Shy Smith is a player that team believes in, but he's been playing small. Uh, two big drops. Uh, kind of misrunning his route once. Um, Shai is a player that I thought, he, he's one of their best practice players. He looked great all throughout camp, talking to people inside that building. He still looks good at practice. And then the, the lights go on and he's just not quite there yet. Um, this team needs jumps from all their second year players, right? Uh, Shai Smith, Terrace Marshall, JC Horn, uh, Tommy Trumbull. Um, you guys would know better than me. I'm drawing a blank on some of these other guys. Um, yeah, that's bad podcasting. So you guys know what I'm trying to say. This, this, this second year, this 2021 class uh, hasn't been it yet. And that doesn't mean they won't be it. This is not like, oh, there's a bust. It's been two games. They just got to pick it up. And um, one of these number two, number three receivers have a chance. Maybe it is Terrace Marshall. Maybe it is Shai Smith. Maybe it's Rashard Higgins who may finally get a chance this week to show his rapport with Baker Mayfield and make some clutch catches. We shall see. What's at stake for the tight ends in this game? Who's good? What tight end on this team's good? The team thinks they have good tight ends, which, who's good? They have a lot of good tight ends. They don't have a lot of great tight ends. They don't have any great tight ends. So they're kind of doing this by committee. We'll see. Baker Mayfield loves throwing the tight end. If you watch Thursday Night Football, you've seen what David is N- capable of. That was one of Baker's favorite targets his entire run in Cleveland. We'll see. I, I need to see more from the tight end room, as I'm sure you all agree. Can Carolina run the football versus New Orleans? Carolina's rush DVOA is, uh, I believe, eighth in the league. Where are my notes? I believe, yeah, they're number eight rushing efficiency, rushing offense in uh, DVOA. It's a football outsider stat that essentially measures efficiency. Uh, Overall, their offense is 28th. No, excuse me. They're 23rd overall in offensive DVOA. 28th in passing DVOA, and then 8th overall in rushing DVOA. So that's an obvious sign that passing offense needs to pick up. And how do you do that? Well, you complete passes. To be more specific, you have better first and second down efficiency. You get Christian McCaffrey the football. You get DJ Moore the football in and, and short yardage, or excuse me, um, close to near the line of scrimmage. Everyone's like, why has there been no pre-snap motion? Um, because this offense is going to take time to gel and for everyone to get on the same page. Uh, you can't sprint before you can run or walk, right? I guess some people might think sprinting and running are the same thing. So let me reverse that. You can't sprint before you can walk, right? This, this offense is crawling right now. And not in a, because they're so bad and beat up type of way. They're crawling in their infancy. And I think we'll see a step here in week three. If we don't, then we're going to have a very different conversation uh, next week on Monday, Sunday night. Uh, Third down is at stake. Red zone efficiency is at stake. This team needs to freaking convert some third downs. How do you do that? Well, you either get into more third and manageables, which is by being more efficient on first and second down. I believe you should just avoid third down altogether if you can and play Canadian football and just get move the chains on first and second down because you know sphincters tend to tighten up on third down things get more intense the stakes are risen and random stuff happens in football there may be a batted pass there might be a botched snap those things sound familiar Panthers fans there may be a penalty just get out just stay away from third down if you can you know only Sean McVay can do that right Well, that should be every offense's goal. I don't think the Panthers are a team that's going to be able to stay out of third down. So that means you need to be better on third down. And I'm kind of already detailing how you do that. And the red zone efficiency is kind of really the same as third down. I mean, completely different from an on the field standpoint, but just from an execution standpoint, you need to execute. Uh, The team made four red zone trips against the Giants and came away with three field goals. Score touchdowns, you win games. Really that simple. We are cruising, you guys. It must be a Friday or something. I might have somewhere to be or something. So defensively, what's at stake? Well, this New Orleans offense is fifth in DVOA as a running team and 25th as a passing team, which gives them a 25th overall score, actually, for DVOA. They're really a similar offense to The Panthers, except they have an ability to test you downfield more than I think Carolina is willing to right now. Jameis, as we all know, will just let that thing fly. He threw them out of the game last week uh, against the Bucs, quite frankly. And when you look at the the box score, it's like, oh, two turnovers or, I mean, three interceptions. But really, it's the timing of those. Um, One late one was just catastrophic. I mean, literally costing the game, Tampa's defense scored. so Jameis, you know it's time to get a turnover. This Panthers defense has talked all week how they don't have one yet. They've come close plenty of times. Uh, I believe either Miles Hart—I think Miles Hartfield dropped an interception versus the Browns. Tougher one, back shoulder one, but he should have had it. And then obviously Frankie Luvu's drop interception uh, in week two was tough. Uh, he probably would have scored that, and he dropped it. So you know, no time better than the present to face Jameis Winston when you need a turnover. Stopping Kamara, I mean, that's obvious. You guys have listened to enough people talk about Alvin Kamara, your entire Panthers fanhood probably. So you get it. stop Alvin Kamara. The keys to that is they're a wide zone team. Um, you know, Saquon couldn't get outside versus the Panthers. I- I'm confident with this Panthers run defense. Uh, the-, the concern is going to be Chris Olave, the rookie out of Ohio State, Michael Thomas, who appears back. Matt Rule called Michael Thomas one of the best wide receivers in football. Uh, this week, and then Jarvis Landry, who everyone knows what he's about. New Orleans native, playing for the Saints for the first time. Baker Mayfield called him one of the best teammates he's ever had, and not only because of the person he is, but because of his football knowledge. The guy's brilliant, and he still has it. It looks like. Are, that's a big three. They're gonna the Panthers' secondary is gonna have their hands full, and it comes at a tough time. Uh, Dante Jackson's been dealing with a hamstring injury all week. He's considered questionable, despite practicing full today on Friday. Uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver is questionable he's dealing with an ankle I believe Uh, he is questionable limited today more he's closer to a game time decision than Dante is the team is confident Dante Jackson will play now this could all change I could be getting smokescreen who knows but sounds like Dante Jackson will play Uh, and then that means JC Horn's got to come on have one of his best games of his life right Um, CJ Henderson a lot of pressure on him and Dante is going to have his hands full probably on the outside with a guy like Chris Olave, making sure he has deep quarters. Uh, probably a lot of zone this week, as you can imagine. And that's going to take a lot of discipline, a lot of communication, no busted plays. Uh, Taysom Hill is always a problem. He's got to be aware of what's possible with him. Uh, that 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 comes down to tendencies, understanding formation, when Taysom Hill's in the game, where are the tight ends, where's the back set, what – is likely to happen in this play, but then also be prepared for the unlikely because he's capable of the unlikely, right? So Taysom Hill presents a lot of challenges, whether he's that quarterback, tight end receiver, or running back, uh, the team must be ready for uh, They got to pressure the quarterback. Jameis Winston has been sacked 10 times in, or excuse me, yeah, 10 times in two games, uh, six sacks the Bucks got on him last week. Uh, so the Panthers pass rush has a chance to really get after Jameis Winston. Brian Burns another multi sack game would be huge. Uh, I'm more of a endorser and a proponent of dropping Brian Burns into coverage now that I watch the tape and have a better understanding of why they were doing that. I don't think he'll drop into coverage as much this week. That was more of a like a gotcha, like a surprise thing they were trying to do to the Giants, and they adjusted well too. The Giants ended up uh, because of the R- they were doing that because of the RPO RPO. So maybe if you see Taysom Hill. In a quarterback and some RPO, you'll see Brian surprisingly drop. I don't know, we'll see. Um, this, this Saints defense features a lot of veterans, right? Cam Jordan, 33 years old, uh, Davenport, 26 years old, Demario Davis, linebacker, 33 years old, Marcus May, 29 years old, Tyron Matthew, 30 years old, Marshawn Lattimore, 26 years old. A lot of names, a lot of vets. They're gonna come to Bank of America Stadium, ready to punk these Panthers. Um, But if the Panthers can survive that first quarter, show that they belong, show that it's all good, show that the last time the Saints were in Carolina, they won. Literally, it's the last Panthers' home win. I feel bad for y'all, but maybe you'll see a win this week. Um, This should be a good game, you guys. This should be a good game. Um, I think I already mentioned a lot of injuries for the Saints, Um, Alvin Kamara, Jameis Winston, all questionable. Some defensive guys are questionable. Let me pull it up before I just start saying, yeah, there's some questionables um Great podcasting here. As I'm scrolling and looking, and hoping you guys are all having a wonderful week. And it looks like, yeah, Taysom Hill questionable, Marcus May questionable, Jameis Winston, Paulso, Paulson, Adebo. Uh, I don't think I said that right, but I remember covering him. He's a cornerback. God, I don't want to say Stanford. The Browns are looking at drafting him. He's a Saint now. It's interesting. I wonder how he plays. I think he's their nickel guy. And I have I, you know watching the tape and then read some stuff. Um, I think think the Panthers have a chance to win across the middle this week. Um, Whether that's from a slot or a tight end or just, you know, getting DJ on overs. I think they have a chance to to win in the middle of the field there. Um, But we shall see. That's really everything. Um, Panthers are healthy. See, Chris McCaffrey is going to play despite all the injuries, stuff earlier in the week. Uh, That was just precautionary. Don't worry about it. Uh, Brian Burns, Frankie Lubu show up on the injury report. They have no game status. And when I say no game status, that means they're not questionable out or doubtful questionable doubt for a lot or out they got rid of the probable tag a while ago so like it's very good when there's no game status and i have a radio hit to do right now so we're going to sign off this podcast was produced by michaela holder my name is ellis williams signing off of the Panthers tracks podcast take care y'all